Welcome back to the Ignite. No, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, welcome back to the Ignite podcast. And you already know my name is Deontay, and I have my niece here, Queen Sid. Hi, everybody. Missed y'all. I know, right? It's been a few weeks. Yeah. We haven't done one since April, but the first two episodes, um, I didn't look at them until like tonight, but um, mm-hmm. they did they did really good, like some really good listens, um, on the first two episodes. So we appreciate oh. all that are supporting that are supporting the podcast, supporting Sid, and um, just. Following along this little journey that we're on, this uncle and niece duo. Period. So, Sid, how have you been? How has school been? How how what what you been up to? It's been a lot. I'm exhausted. I've been doing nothing but taking tests. Did y'all have to y'all had to take star this week? Yes. Um, this week and last week. And I have like I had seven tests in a row, like back to back. So are you done or? Um, my last test is on Monday, and that's the computer science, my AP computer science test. And then I'm done for, but yeah, I've really just been doing nothing but testing. They finished. Uh, they finished the the fifth grade um science test today. I don't know. All I do is sit in one classroom all day, so I don't. I don't really. Do oh, do you proctor the exam? Like you watched over them while they did the exam? Nope. My supervisor <laughs> said that she did not want. <laughs> she did not right. want me or um another one of like my coworkers to like to be over the exam because mm-hmm. like the the type of kids that that we work with, we need all hands yeah. on on deck. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's been it's been yeah. cool. Um, none, nothing too much been going on. Um, but we have a really good, really good topic for y'all today. Um, it's kind of a deep one, kind of like this. This is a hard topic to kind of talk about too. Um, but um, as Sid may know, and y'all are about to learn that sometimes I can have no filter. So yeah. Um yeah. so um yeah, let's just hop on <laughs> into it. So y'all today's topic is about toxic parenting. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact that there are a few nosy parents that listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, um, you know, grab some popcorn, grab your snacks, and we just gonna chill, and we're gonna talk about some toxic parenting for, um, the next 20, maybe 25 minutes. So, I said, uh, tell me, like, what is, what is your, um, what is your definition, definition of toxic parenting? 
I'm, you know, you don't have to call anybody out, but what what is uh, what are your thoughts? I just feel like a toxic parent is like it's just a very oh did it turn off? Oh no, it didn't. No, you good? Oh, I just feel like when we talk about things like that, it's I don't know. It's a very broad definition because it's nowadays it's just so many ways a parent can be toxic. So okay, so let's let's just let's go down like a few traits. Cause I, mm-hmm. I do have like this little thing like put up pulled up on my laptop. And it says like it says self centered and have a limited capacity for empathy. Mm-hmm. Um uh, it also says they're very disrespectful. They are emotionally reactive, they are controlling. Mm-hmm. They are very angry, they are critical, they are manipulative, and they play the blame game. They are very demanding. Um, I don't know why they have embarrassing on here because really almost every parent is embarrassing. <laughs> is yeah. embarrassing. Um, they are cruel, of course. Um, they are boundaryless, and they are very competitive, and they make you feel bad. So, like like you said, that that is like that's a lot to kind of cover. So I I definitely agree that that is a lot to cover. But I would say, I would say, there there's a lot of toxic parenting in the black community, and. uh, I just feel like um, a, a lot of a lot of black parents can take a step back and like look at themselves, and mm-hmm. and kind of um, I would say just look at themselves and see how they're affecting their not only their teenagers but even even mm-hmm. down to the little ones. Yeah, and just see like the type of the type of little people that you guys are like raising not every parent is toxic like i said we're not doing this episode to call anybody out mm-hmm. but this is a very big problem like in our community because um i used to work at the boys and girls club and i've talked to a number of kids that have just teenagers that you know kids that go to missouri city um missouri city middle school stafford uh, intermediate, like all of these kids that's in that literally like you know, preteens, teens, all the way up to to high school. Um, yeah, like they always come to me with just telling me like something about like something that's going on at home, and mm-hmm. yeah, they they're not they're not liking it. Um, I also like talk to a lot of foster kids and. You know, I've seen plenty of them cut. Like one of my, one of my, one of the foster girls that I, I mentored. Yeah, mm-hmm. she, 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 she cut. Like I saw her arm. She yeah. tried to hide it. I mean, you can't, there's, oh, there's only so much you can do to like hide like cuts like that. And yeah. I mean, she ended up running away from her foster home, but 
Like it's it toxic parenting can really take a, a toll. Whether they're, whether they're like your kid or not, like it's really yeah. yeah, it's really hard. And so tell me like what what when you think of like self centered and they have a, a, a limited capacity for empathy. Mm-hmm. What do you what what comes to mind? Um, I feel like when it comes to school, mm-hmm. I don't know why, like, I don't know why parents don't think that school takes a toll on people, or like students, mm-hmm. especially now in the times that we're in. Like, I feel like some parents are very, um, they're not really understanding of how, like, how much we're in school, how long we're in school, and how some parents want us to continue to go to school. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like, school really takes a, a toll on your mental health. And when we say things like, oh, we need a break, or, oh, we, um, I'm tired, yada, 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 it's always, oh, no, you can't be tired. You just go to school all day. You, you can't be tired. <laughs> I just feel like when it comes to, like, school, I feel like that's not fair. Like, how they compare school to, like, a job mm-hmm. or, like, being a parent, I feel like that's very inconsiderate. And that's very like that's like throwing our emotions on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh well, you only have one thing to do, well, deal with it. Too bad, so sad. Yeah. I can definitely see that. I mean um I've definitely like dealt with it. Well fortunately I mean my mom in in high school, she told me that as long as I was like running track and doing good in school, that um, no, I didn't have to like worry about like getting a job and mm-hmm. like you know stuff like that. Whatever. So fortunately, on that, <laughs> on that, um, that thing on, on that front, she was like really good. Mom was really good. Um. Um, but. Like, as far as, like, oh, when you, like, when you, like, when I, like, got out for college, you know, my mom was, like, really pushing me to, like, get a, no, get, like, a, I really felt like she wanted me to get, like, a full-time job mm-hmm. to, like, you know, bring in extra income for, like, the house, and I just couldn't, I couldn't do it, and I don't, yeah, I, yeah, I, because I, I was also running, I was also running track of course, for mm-hmm. my college, and it was really, it would have been really hard to, like, class, track and field, mm-hmm. a job, uh, a job, and yeah, it it was a lot, and mm-hmm. yeah, I did, sometimes I did feel like I, like, my feelings weren't being, um, like, thought of. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I definitely agree. Like and like I said, just it's it goes all the way up to you can. I was twenty something then, so mm-hmm. it it doesn't stop at just being a teenager. And right. you can you can always like communicate. You can always communicate to them, but I'm like I said, if you have a toxic parent, sometimes they really can they really lack empathy. But mm-hmm. communication goes a long way. Right. And if you're a parent listening to this, try like I said earlier, like try to take take a step back and try to be considerate of 
your child's like feelings mm-hmm. and uh, talk to them and have an open conversation and see where their mental health is like is at at the moment because uh you know a couple of days staying at home could really help you might get the yeah the type of child that you want you might get a happy cheerful child if you would mm-hmm. you know pay attention to how they're feeling yeah i agree so yeah keep that in mind guys yeah. And they said, uh, the article says that, oh, first of all, let me give credit. So I got this article from um, the Live Well with uh, Sharon Martin. Live Well mm-hmm. with Sharon Martin.com. So if you want to look that up, um, and the headline says 15 signs you have a toxic parent. So next one they said, uh, they said, oh, who wrote this? I'm not sure. It does not say. But I gave you your props. I gave you props for the website. So don't sue me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they said that um, being disrespectful and they said they fail to treat you with even a basic level of respect, courtesy, and kindness. Mm-hmm. Have you witnessed something like this? Have somebody in your friend group ever told you? You don't got to call their name, but <laughs> as somebody in your friend group. Child to treat you with basic level of respect, courtesy, and kindness. I don't think so. I don't think nobody in my friend group has mentioned their parent treating them like disrespectful, mm-hmm. courtesy, or kindness. I don't think so. Not that I've heard of. Not in like my close range of friends, but Mm-mm. Well, I've definitely... Definitely talk to some kids at mm-hmm. at my job, um, and yeah, it's just like their parents treat them, um, just treat them less than like human, right? I don't know. Um, I I will okay. So I can say this. So one of the they're the family, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, is a family of like four or five girls. And I never forget the day that the parent um I was talking to the parent, letting them know what happened um at the at the center or whatever. And the parent literally told me that they were gonna get the girls to fight each other when they got home. Oh. And I'm like are these oh, uh are these teenage girls or are they roosters? Like are you gonna right. you want them to, to, to cat fight or whatever? Like this it it was it was probably like and I'm look talking to this lady and I'm like I'm thinking to myself in my head, like I could really call CPS on you right now. Right. <laughs> and that's crazy. CPS if you're listening to this, I know I should have reported. I'm sorry. But uh <laughs> but yeah, that has to be like the like that has to be the wildest thing I've ever and that's that's a multitude of things on like this this list. Being disrespectful, yeah. um being controlling, controlling the girls, making them being manipulative. Um yeah. like that's 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 a lot. Demanding, cruel. I just 
I don't know. I, I that was one of the most disturbing things I had ever like heard in yeah. like my my time like working here mm-hmm. in Houston. But the next thing they talk about is being emotionally reactive. Mm-hmm. And it says toxic parents often have a difficulty controlling their emotions. They overreact and are dramatic and unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Emotionally reactive. I'm trying to like, what do you think? Emotionally reactive. I don't know. I'm trying to read and see how. Hmm. The the words dramatic and unpredictable are what's standing out to me a lot. Um, I have heard stories of how parents have became like were dramatic and they've overreacted mm-hmm. in situations, and I've also heard about how people um how when somebody would do something they were afraid to tell their parents because they didn't know how they would react. Mm-hmm. The unpredictable. Mm-hmm. So, I've heard those stories. Yeah, that's all the time. Though I feel like, in a sense, every parent is like that. Yes, because I mean they and I'm I don't have children, but mm-hmm. I like look at you and uh, you know Court and Blake mm-hmm. and Cadence and of course my nephew Tayshawn and my niece that's coming. Like I. I um I am a firm believer that it takes a village to raise children. So mm-hmm. y'all are of course not my children, but I feel like I have an obligation to help instill good moral a good moral mm-hmm. compass and give you guys advice and lead you help your parents lead you down the right path. Right. And uh, I just um I just feel like as a parent um they are trying to, not as a parent but I feel like parents are they almost love you so much to a fault. Yeah. Um and mm-hmm. and they can't see like they like oh you made one mistake and they act like mm-hmm. it's like life or death. Yeah. So I kind of I kind of see it like on both I kind of see it like on on both sides. I feel like you can't mm-hmm. as a parent you got to like learn how to you got to learn to keep your emotions like in check and mm-hmm. like I said definitely have like that open like communication and everything and I also think as um I also think you know as a team and you can like you know share this um, mm-hmm. as a team, kind of take a step back and kind of like understand where your parents may be coming from, and yeah. so this might be a little bit like this might be a, I don't know this this emotionally reactive like thing I don't know like if it's too too to- too too toxic because I can think of way more like toxic things parents could like are doing which we're gonna right. get into because I'm gonna stop reading this we're gonna get into <laughs> yeah. We can get into like some some of like the other like things like I've experienced and like seen, mm-hmm. like right. parents. We need to stop expecting parents to. We need to stop expecting like 
kids to go out and get jobs and pay bills in the household. I feel like there are way more effective things to do to teach children um, responsibility. Right. Um, like, you don't have, of course, you don't have to go out and, like, get them a car or get them a pet or anything like that or whatever. Like, you can, I mean, I just feel like it's not a child's, like, obligation to mm-hmm. go out and get a job and then pay a bill just because they live, like, in your house. As a parent, um, you're supposed to raise your children. They didn't ask to be here. Mm-hmm. So I feel like uh-huh. asking for asking for a payment, like a compensation for um asking for like a compensation for like living in the house just because you have raised them, that has to be like the most important thing and and it's very it's very like mm-hmm. it's very stressful. Right. I have, I've been one of those, like, those kids where I, like, I was paying, I paid rent at 19. Um, It was literally at one point, like, me and my sister were paying all the bills, like, in the house because my mom had got sick. So we're not going to, like, because, uh, yeah, my mom got sick. You know what? No, I'm not going to, like, shoot around, beat around the bush with it. My stepfather, mom had uh-huh. got sick. Mom got really sick. She she had a stroke, and my stepfather um basically um, when mom couldn't work anymore, he basically said that all the bills have to fall on us, like me and my sister. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, no, right? I mean, how right? Do you, like, how are you just gonna? thrust us into like this um this responsibility so i totally do not like if mom because i know my mom like kind of listen to like i know she listens to my gaming podcast i know she i know she probably listen to this too but i so i don't i literally don't blame my mom but right like how are you gonna just literally just throw two teenagers like in in the deep end, and like, okay, yeah, y'all gotta pay the mortgage, y'all gotta pay the lights, y'all gotta pay this, y'all gotta pay that, to keep mm-hmm. this going. Like when you're the adult who comes here and lays your head down, and I just what? didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel like that was right. I didn't feel like, oh, just because we stay here, we're we're obligated to like, you know, pay stuff, or just because, um, I can see if they both were like not working, yeah. But you're literally and you're literally an able body, so why aren't you? Excuse me, because I was about to curse. <laughs> um, why aren't you? Why aren't you? Uh, why aren't you going out and bringing in money? And what you have money, you just won't spend it on this household, right? So I felt like that was really um, that was really toxic, and it. It led to like a lot of blowups. Like my him and my sister. Uh, that's my sister's like biological dad, and mm-hmm. yeah, they were fight. They got to fighting a few times. Like not not no fake. Like you know, my sister thinks she's a thug, so she <laughs> so she 
she was really like throwing hands. <laughs> and um you know, it was like it was a lot of bad nights. Mm-hmm. And so I just as a parent, like oh not as a parent, I keep saying that. Y'all, if you're a parent that listens <laughs> to the podcast, just I just find like a more like a more effective way to yeah. teach your kids like responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to get them a car and then oh then you tell them like you know I'm gonna get you a car then they should be uh, it, it, they can actually go to work. You know they can get them a little part time yeah. job, keep gas in their car, do whatever they want to do. Like well, not whatever they want to do with within the ramifications of your household, um, and that's boom. That's a little bit of responsibility. If they want a pet, like if they come and tell you that they want a pet, they want a dog, give them little odds and ends like responsibilities like throughout the house to right. do. Um, you can start very early. You can give them chores that teaches them responsibility. Just but. I like that is one of the most disgusting things that you can do. It's like ask for money just because you mm-hmm. raised them. Only thing, the only thing I feel like, as some as as I'm a son, I feel like the only thing I owe my mom and my dad is respect. Mm-hmm. So like, yes, they raised me, but I don't owe them any like moral like. Of course, if I got like, if I if I blow up one day become a millionaire I'm gonna like I wanna take care of them of mm-hmm. course but like right now being in the profession and that I, in the profession that I am I can barely take care of my own household so why I gotta take care of yours <laughs> sorry for my ranting y'all it's okay <laughs> it's okay it is okay but not to say that, like, you know, your, um, what are some issues that you have actually, like, that you felt like you had to, like, you know, deal with that you've had to overcome? Oh, this is good. Okay. So we all know, not my, not my stepdad, but my biological dad. He was the, he was the, woo. He was, that was the one. So, like, to make a long story short, I was really a daddy's girl. And um, I love my dad. I thought my dad could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. And then my dad did me wrong. I was, like, 12. First of all, no 12-year-old should have to go through what I went through. Mm-hmm. I was only 12. So, like, it was bad. It was bad. But my dad was, like, when I finally, like, kind of, like, let him, like, back into my life a little bit, mm-hmm. one time... I really think I'll, I've never told nobody this story, but it was my dad's birthday. And it was the first time I went back to my dad's house after everything that happened. So I'm like in the seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And when we get to, when I get there, I notice how like my dad had like this whole new family. He had a wife. He had children. He had like a baby on the way. Now, mind you, on the other side of the play, he was never like, he never paid my mom child support, mm-hmm. anything. Like my stepdad had to come in and basically raise me. And my stepdad still raises me to this day. Mm-hmm. And like all the things that my biological dad could have done or should have done, my stepdad had to come in and do that. 
and for that, I am forever in my stepdad's dip. So, dad, I call him dad, my stepdad, dad. So, dad, if you're watching this, I thank you and I really do appreciate you and my mom too. Because, ooh, this is not easy. But anyway, mm-hmm. for our biological dad's birthday, we had went to Top Golf, this whole new family. And the first sign that I saw that my daddy really wasn't like a parent. Well, not like a parent, but like he just really didn't give a rat's booty about me. Because mm-hmm. we was all, somebody had called all the family to get together. And this was like, I, I remember I went home and I cried about this. Didn't really tell nobody. But as everybody's gathering around, took the pictures, he calls up his wife, his stepkids, and they're in the front and they're taking pictures. And guess what I was? And Homegirl was in the back. Homegirl was in the back. Like when you look, at the photo, you can't even see me in the photo because it was like, mm. and then so that happened. So then with that, I felt like so like out of the picture. And I don't know if it was because I didn't like talk to my dad for like a year or any of that, but like I felt so like excluded from that side of the family. Like nobody talked to me, nobody would check up on me, yada yada yada. Strike two. This was strike two. Mm-hmm. Now, my daddy's like, my biological dad's like a really like a mind twister. So when he got my phone number and he would start calling me, he'll be like, yeah, oh, Sydney, when are you going to come see me? Like, home, homeboy really be crying like on the other side of the phone <laughs> and then won't talk to me for months. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, and the whole, all the phone calls I would have with him will only be about himself. Like, Oh, when you go come see me, oh, oh, and I'll be like, okay. Now this was the real straw. Now let me say about this. So my 16th birthday, when I was 16th birthday, it was my 16th birthday party. Now, first of all, this ticks me off to this day. But first of all, um. My dad had only stayed at my 16th birthday party that he knew about for a hot minute for 30 minutes. My daddy was barely there. My daddy only came to take a picture. Wait a minute, was this one where, uh, oh yeah, this one where we had your, um, your Uh 16. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, mind you, like, nobody knew who he was. Like, him, my uncle, and my cousin. No clue who he was until Chelsea told me. Yeah, like, when he walked in the building, people just thought, like, he was a random man. Like, my best friend, Deja, who was there, she was like, when I told her, I was like, yeah, my dad has showed up. She was like, yeah, I know Brandon was there. <laughs> I was like, no. No, I'm talking about, you know, my actual dad. She was like, huh? I ain't see him. But anyway, <laughs> like, he he came. First of all, he wasn't even on time. No, because we was already was yeah, we was already finna eat. And then then had the nerve to get a plate. <laughs> anyway, like, ugh. So then he comes, he takes a picture. And I think he had interrupted me. Because I was probably, I was, I think I was doing something with somebody else. But he came, interrupted me. He took a picture because he likes taking pictures for show. He likes to be a quote-unquote interactive father. You know, mm, I talk to my kids. No, you don't. Because at that point, I hadn't talked to you, like, since September. Mm. Mm. Then he comes, he gives me my gift, and then I think I'm talking to somebody. He taps me on the shoulder. He's like, hey, 
Um, I have to go to work. And I was like, what do you mean have to go to work? He was like, oh, you know, see me. You know, I got to make ends meet. Yada, yada, yada. And I was like, but you couldn't call off? And, like, Hefty was like, I feel like, I don't don't know. Because, like, I was like, you couldn't call off on this one night. Uh You just couldn't tell your boss, hey, like, I can't come in today. It's my daughter's birthday party. Yada, yada, yada. If you were trying to make ends, amends come together, you would, like, simply just call off. That's why I was asking you. Mm-hmm. I tell my mom that I didn't want him there because I knew he would try something slick. But mom was like, you know, like you gotta invite him that it's very much your dad still. But he only stayed for like 30 minutes. And he was like, you know, and it really ticked me off because I was like, you couldn't even stay for your own daughter's birthday party. You didn't stay to clean up, you didn't stay to pack up. What you did do though was try to play the all my good dad game, give me a present, take a picture so you can show it to all your friends. To uh-huh. act like that you are a very attentive father. And then, mm, like, and then you leave. And then, like, then he tells my grandma how I just am a very bad daughter to him and how I don't talk to him. I ignore him. I put him on the back burner. But I am a child. I'm still a child. I'm 17 now. My daddy's pushing for 50. Like, I'm a kid. I shouldn't have to chase I shouldn't be the one trying to build the relationship back. Mm-hmm. I am the kid. I am the child. I am the, I am, I am the minor. You are the parent. You know, like, you know, like all I really, I don't ask for much. And it's like if you like really were like meant about what you say and stuff like that, you wouldn't be like. I mean, you would just simply call off, and all that good stuff. And then, like, you know, I can see, like, when times when my dad would, like, you know, he, like, when we were talking stuff, he would always, like, you know, bring up my stepdad into it, like, yeah, I know Brandon's taking really good care of you, yada, yada, yada. And it's just like, mm. like, yes, he, he very much is, because you, you couldn't do that. You literally couldn't. Like, you, like, when my, when my stepdad came into the picture, my dad took all hands off the wheel and was like, oh, well. She got a dad now. But then, like, what's another story? But I do, uh, I feel like you, you have a right. No, you're good. I I feel like you have a, you have the, like, a right to feel that way. Mm -hmm. You definitely have a right to feel that way. I was there that night. Like, it was, um, I said, I didn't even, I didn't know until, like, you know, your aunt, your aunt Mm -hmm. Josie, like, told me and everything and, um, yeah, he was literally there for like, I mean, a hot second <laughs> and, yeah. and, and left. Um, and I mean, you are, you are right. It is, it should be his job to, um, to kind of like want to be in his daughter's like life. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine like, I couldn't imagine having a daughter with your aunt. And like me, not. I mean, we're married, so I'm not. I can't go nowhere. <laughs> uh, like, but me not like not being a an attentive like dad or like like God forbid like I miss a 
just like I came to your um uh, you know your cheerleading um mm-hmm. the cheerleading competition or God forbid I like I miss a track meet or a dance were hurt like recital or anything like that like and see I just, that's also the gag like my own uncle's popping up to stuff that you can't even pop up to like and it's sad because it's like and sometimes I'm like this is not even my dad and he does stuff for me that my dad is supposed to be doing and like you you don't even hear from my dad at all like last time I heard from my dad was my birthday it's almost right? June oh no your birthday oh your birthday this year yeah like last time I heard yeah when I turned 17 mm-hmm. it's almost June like and then he wants to throw the pity party where he misses out on stuff. And it's just like, no, this is your fault. Like, this is your doing. This is what you get. And, like, I... And it sucks because I'd be like, dang. Like, when you see, like, other people's dads and, like, how they acting and all that good stuff, like, I, I really feel terrible because it's like, dang, like, my own dad can't even do that for me. But he doing it to other people, kids. Like, are you serious? I know. No, 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 And my dad also had a really bad habit of, like, using people. Like, but, you know, oh, I, I've seen it all, like, growing up and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just, he was just like, mm. you know, and poor little me, like, I really didn't get it until I got older. But, yeah, like, my own uncles and somebody who is not my dad literally do things and they show up to things and they make sure that they don't miss a beat unlike somebody like he missed several beats like several he missed he missed the whole track so it's just I don't remember my dad coming to a graduation a little you know promotion ceremony mm-hmm. I don't remember my dad coming to a, a chilling competition the last one I remember, a cheer competition was in elementary school. I'm about to graduate high school. I don't remember my dad, like, like I don't even get calls on my birthdays. I get text messages. I don't remember, like, simply, like, when I needed a father. My dad did not give me my first car. And it's scary because if it keeps on being like this, my dad won't walk me down the aisle. My dad won't be there when I have my children. My dad won't be there when I graduate high school. Like, it's and it's so scary. And as much as I don't want that or don't want it to be this like this way, mm-hmm. it's like I can't chase after a parent because at the end of the day, that's not my job. I didn't ask, you know, and for a long time and still kind of to this day, I still go, go around and blame myself for the fact that my dad isn't in my life. And I like try to make it seem like I'm just like this perfect child. And maybe if I'm like this perfect kid, then my dad will like just gravita- gravitate towards me and come more attentive in my life but it, it's never been like that we've been trying since the sixth grade six years now oh dude ain't coming back like it's just it's sad because it's like you know as much as i would want him here i don't think he's ever gonna be here well i don't want you to ever think like you have to be um you have to be like this this perfect like you know child for your dad to like be in 
be in your life. Because for not for one, I mean, you have Brandon, you have mm-hmm. your Papa T, you have you know your uncles, not just me, you know, also your you know your um your mom's brothers. You have your uncles. You um like we are we are gonna be like those men figure like in your life like i was telling i was telling your aunt like the the other the other day i think literally this morning we were talking about um um you know just like oh when you do decide like to uh <laughs> you do decide like to bring a boy around mm-hmm. i was telling like i was telling chelsea um we were talking about something else and then we just kind of led into that Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was like, oh my god, when when Sid finally brings a boy around or whoever, like I am, uh, I'm gonna be right there beside Brandon. <laughs> like, I'm gonna, be, <laughs> I'm gonna be right, I'm gonna be right there. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be right there, ready to ask questions, ready to, hey, who are you? Where, where do you? What are your intentions? What, what are we doing? Um, <laughs> But and I just like I don't ever, I don't ever want you to feel like you have to like I said earlier you have a right to feel that way you don't have to chase anybody because mm-hmm. the the reason why I said that you don't have to chase something that you already have yeah and um yeah your dad like he isn't like stepping up to the plate but you like i said you have like male figures like in your life that you can you can look look up to and you can see like this is like these are qualities that i want like in a husband one day mhm you can you can take stuff from you know uh from from brandon who would be honest with you like is yeah. is your dad he is your dad yeah. he is yeah and um, uh, you know, you can take stuff from me. You can take stuff from your papa too. You can take stuff from um, you know, you know your uncles, and and you can, like you said, you can look at qualities from all of us. And like I said, you can, you know, like like I said, you can have like that one day when you do have that mindset, and you're ready to like date, and you can see like what a man, how a man is supposed to treat a woman, mm-hmm. or just how a man's supposed to carry himself period mm-hmm. and um like i said i want you to always like carry that carry that with you do not blame yourself do not carry do not like you know carry that burden with you because like i said it, if you don't have nobody like nobody else i've already told you you can call your uncle at two or three o'clock in the morning and I'm gonna wake up if I had to come and get you. I will. I will. <laughs> like so. Just I don't. I don't ever want you to like, you know, carry that burden. That burden because mm-hmm. that can really like stress you out. It can. It can really make you. Um, like I said make really just bad decisions. Not only like mm-hmm. with life with men. Mm-hmm. And. I want you to make smart decisions, especially with men. Most definitely. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't want you to ever like, you know, because what a lot of young girls like your age, what they do is, oh well, you know, my dad doesn't love me, so let me go find it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Let me go find it in this boy that thinks I look pretty. 
Let me go find it in um, this older man that thinks I look pretty. I just, I don't, I mean, of course, I, I, I know you're not, you're not going to do that. But just if you are, if you are a young girl, like, listening to this and, like, you feel that way, um, go find you a a mentor that you trust or yeah. just an an uncle or just some some man that you trust that's like you know that won't like mess over you and that's gonna have your back and like I said l- leech on to them as like a father figure and like I said said let that be your example of how a man should like carry himself. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Whew, this got really deep. I'm sorry, y'all. No trauma. This is your no, yeah. This is your platform. You are the voice of Gen Z, and this is your platform to like you know to get this stuff out there and teach. Teach. This is this is your your place to like you know teach other people because there are kids, there are people that's younger than you that listen to this. I I I didn't even know like yesterday. I was looking at the it might like. Instagram. I'm like, well, where are all these like these younger teenagers come from? <laughs> so like, it's the message is getting out there. So yeah, I think that's enough. That's that's enough heavy stuff for tonight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's enough heavy stuff for tonight. So we yes, y'all, we took a couple weeks off. We were. I had like I literally I was so tired. Every like it's yeah. literally the past couple weekends I've been so tired and you've been, you know, doing stuff too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, wow. we're gonna try to we're gonna try to hit y'all up with a reaction next week mm-hmm. of a uh, uh, a little song. Did you so did you watch the video already? Yeah, I remember the video when it came out and it just kinda like stuck with me. Oh, okay. Well, long time, yeah. So you know what Jordan Lucas look like? Uh no, no. Okay, so we save that. Don't look up nothing. Don't make no. Okay. Don't look up anything, and we'll talk about it next Friday or Saturday okay. or Thursday, whatever. <laughs> um, we'll do it. But uh, yeah. So, thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you guys. Uh, Sid, no. Sometimes this may be like people's first episode, so plug your mm-hmm. Insta. So my Instagram is at CYD dot N with six E's. Um, you can DM me anytime if you need anything. Yada, yada, yada. And DM I also want to say thank you. Huh? I said DM her topics. <laughs> yeah, DM me topics. Because I need to also find some. But I also want to say thank you to everybody who's listening. Like, I can't see the analytic. Oh, ooh, girl, the analytic. Ooh, <laughs> analytic. Yes, that word. <laughs> um, through my side of the screen, but I want to say thank you guys because this has always been like a dream of mine. I've always wanted a platform of some sort to, you know, share my story and say, share the things that I've been through and how I cope with them and how I'm, you know, unrevealing some stuff and you know just getting over trauma. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'll thank my uncle and my aunt for giving me this platform and trusting me enough for this. So, thank you guys, and I hope you guys love the podcast. And now, y'all continue to listen and grow with us in this journey. Yeah, yeah. So, if, um, don't forget, um, follow the Ignite page, the Ignite Instagram, our 
Instagram is ignite.teens. And that is also our we have a Twitter now. I don't think about it. Twitter. So we have we have a Twitter now. It's actually um I've been tweeting out like a, a few things from it. Mm-hmm. Um and the Twitter handle is at Ignite Teens with a Z. Um Houston, Texas, which is H T X. H T X. Gotcha. Yeah. And um yeah, I mean I I wouldn't really like promote Facebook. Um uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. This is episode three and yeah, so we'll catch y'all with episode four next week. And um if you want to follow me, like I said my um my at is at say what's real zero o. Um just prepare yourself because like I said, I am very outspoken. And yeah. um <laughs> And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Peace. Ignite is based out of Houston, Texas, and the program helps young individuals strengthen their self-confidence, find their voices, and lead them down the best paths to reach their academic and life goals. And we are internally grateful for your support.